0: wear my uh, pants? All right, never mind. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> God.
1: Yeah, when when have, you, when have I ever worn pants for this show? I'm I don't
0: know.
1: No, I mean, it's so Actually, funny. Actually, there
0: was a Buffalo Bills lineman that got caught without his pants about a week ago hopping an electrical fence, but whatever, you know. Oh, was it Marcel
1: Darius again?
0: If <laughs> <When> he was <laughs> doing a podcast, he would have been fine. Was he smoking dope at the time? Cause I forget thing. the guy's name. Yeah. You can look it up.
1: I mean, it's funny. Like working at home, you know, doing podcasts like that. There's the definite temptation to never dress up or look ha- like without the, before the show. You know, it's like what the hell? Yeah, the show like keeps me at least having to shower every day at twelve. Well, you do have a wife too. That's the other drawback. I do, but I would, but my, but I would, I would wait till you know, I would. She's home, you know, usually around five, five thirty, whatever. So I, you yeah. know I <laughs> wait would. Wait a second. There's only there's only
2: one of one of the three of us who's wifeless. So I definitely would get myself together before she
0: came back. Yeah, but if I was Mike, there really is no reason to ever even like cut your beard, like or anything. Yeah, Yeah.
2: but I live by the uh, by the uh, the maxim of you know cleanliness is next to godliness.
0: Okay, (laughs) well that's good.
2: Clearly,
1: that's working. We're in a house in like a house like renewal project right now, where my kids and I are clean, trying to clean and, and basically just just make every room in the house perfect, one room at a time. Oh yeah, we've done that too. You know, so that whole process of like, because, you know, if you just look at your window, get the whole house in shape, that's just that's just overwhelming. That's,
2: that, that's, yeah. how I, that's how I approach cleaning my car. I clean the left door
0: first.
1: Then the <laughs> no, next no, no, but I that's just- right.
0: Like, if you look at every single room, you just say, you know what? This job's just too big. Forget just about forget
1: it. Forget it. You know, but if you just take like, okay, we're just going to get the trash out of this room today. Right. Tomorrow we'll dust it. Right.
0: Tomorrow's the tomorrow's
1: the right door, the next <laughs> day, the mats. So by exactly next week. Like, I mean, we we have I mean we keep we keep our house relatively neat, but it's like there's like so many we have we have kids and we are like the central place for all of our kids' friends. So we just are we constantly and we have you know arcade machines in the house and we just don't even you know, we never we never wanted that room like that had like the um plastic on the furniture type thing, you know. Like that's not my wife and I are nothing.
0: No, we don't do that either. My mother used to do that, we don't do that. I, 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 one, one, th- one thing, I, I don't
2: understand any family that has kids that has a white rug in their house.
1: Oh, believe me. Yeah, I know. like we,
0: a challenge, Mike. That's what it is. Them, I think
1: with us, with us, we moved into a house that had a white rug. And so, we're, <laughs> okay, so we can't afford – it had a white rug going up the stairs, which is like the oh, – the Oh,
2: my God.
1: So it's <laughs> like – so yeah, so we um, – we just, we just, we just threw in the towel right away. We're like, you know, we're just gonna because it was beautiful. Like the people who lived in this house before us were just, you know, immaculate. And the woman, if she could come back and see what we've done to this place, she would just roll. You know, she would just. Yeah,
0: see, that's where I, I, I I'm, I'm envious of Fred Flintstone because really, yeah. once in a blue moon, you saw Wilma sweeping out the cave, but otherwise, he didn't, he didn't have to do anything. The cave was the cave. They were happy with it. So-
2: I was I was envious of Fred because Womo was a redhead. So let's let's let's. let's, let's. You
0: know, we say
1: our house explodes like that's that's our jo- like my my wife's joke is that the house explodes around me. You know like um, right. You know and and when I go to a hotel room the hotel room explodes around me like I, <laughs> all of my clothes and technology and everything just ends up like it's just completely. So, yeah, I mean, with the, the white rug on the on, on the stairs, we decided, like, early on, that was just pointless, and we, we said, you know, we're going to, we, you know, we try to clean it every time we would see something, and we're like, okay, <laughs> we're just going to take this to its natural conclusion, you know, and just, like, and it's funny, because we actually kept it relatively clean after deciding that. Um, it's one of the cleaner places in the house. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was so obviously going to be dirty, but, you know, we actually made it pretty good. So, anyway, let's get – We wanted, before we start, start with your full show today, we do have a full show today to get to, um, and we have to end pretty much a little after two. So um, but I do want to get into um, the layoffs of ESPN, which are affecting the hockey world a lot today. Yeah. We don't know everybody yet. Uh, ESPN laid off about 100 people, um, according to reports in the news. Uh, they've been, it's been coming for a while. It's been pretty widely known. Um, and today, you know, Scott Burnside and Pierre LeBron were laid off. Joey McDonald as well. Joey McDonald, okay, right. So they're all really, you know, I mean, you know, but Burnside and, and um, you know, um, Pierre LeBron, who is um, probably the heir apparent to uh, Bob McKenzie as, like, the king of the hockey world in my mind, has always been, like, he's the guy who's going to be, like, when Bob McKenzie gives up, you know, and just decides, oh, yeah, I'm going to just retire in my, on my, you know, my cottage worth. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I think Pierre LeBron will probably be the next the next one like that. Could you know, he be. He's just he's he's that on top of everything. He knows that many people and he's just really connected. He's obviously gonna keep going. He's he's staying, he's still gonna work at T S N um and uh, you know, moving along. So that that'll be interesting to see him at T S N. He's he's always been there but um you know ESPN was a big deal for him for nine years, it was uh, he was part yeah. of it. Um, and and Scott Burnside, who both the Scott Burnside and Pierre LeBrun couldn't be nicer people. I mean that's the
0: thing. For guys of their stature, yeah, when I, I was breaking into the business, they couldn't have been any nicer.
1: No, I and they've always been that way to me too. And they never, they're never, they're not the kind of guys who will um, big time you. No, they, they've never done. I mean, there are there and there are guys in this business that do. Um, but, yeah, oh, absolutely. But those those two, and but I've, I've noticed some of the bigger people, um, some of the some of the bigger stars of the media hockey world, so to speak, like. Um, Bob McKenzie, um, LeBron, um, Burnside, you know, Craig Customs is to a, to a degree that, you know, Kevin Allen, obviously. I mean, yeah. these people are like, these people, for, some for of sure. these biggest stars are super, super awesome.
0: Yeah, really nice, really approachable, and would help you, actually would help you if you had a question.
1: Right, and, and you know, they're, they're part of the national media, and they would help, they, and they've helped me, and they, they didn't know me from Adam, you know, when I first came in, and yeah, you know, and I was, I was, I was like, well,
0: Did you have a name tag that said Adam? Because you might have confused people.
1: Oh, I, well, I definitely confused people with my name. Them,
0: but. I mean, I, have only met
2: uh, Scott Burnside once or twice, I think, at the draft last uh, last uh, June in Buffalo. Uh, Pierre, I've had some, you know, right sort of regular uh, inter- encounters with uh, up in Toronto because he's based out of Toronto, and yeah, he is one of the nicest guys. I mean, he, you know. Not only if you're a fellow reporter, if you're a fan and you're at like one of these events that I, oh, yeah. he, you know he'll 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 talk to you not for like a minute or two. He'll talk to you for five ten minutes. he'll, oh, yeah, he'll, he'll say, you, know. you know so you know. That's a great point. Great nice point. So- I've,
1: seen, I've seen these guys in those situations too, and and I've seen I've seen reporters big time, and it's always it always cracks me up when like you know, a media guy like like a newspaper reporter from like say the New York Post or something like that would just walk by you and just say you know. And and walk by fans and just be like ah you know that that, that big time it's, it's just hilarious that you know that that we in this that we in this job think that we're celebrities in any way shape or form is, is hilarious like to me like yeah. that yeah. we are completely doing the greatest thing in the world we are writing hockey yeah. um, that this is this is what we get to do it's phenomenal we're so lucky to do it
2: but the but the thing but the thing is with with this story is is the changing of the landscape of sports media in the sense that. Uh, You know, ESPN was this mega giant and, you know, was buying up the NFL coverage, buying up Major League Baseball, buying up the NBA, and you don't, and I don't, you know, we haven't heard the extent of the layoffs, but I would be surprised that the layoffs are significant in those areas, MLB, NBA. And, and, and NFL because they have contracts with those organizations and they cover them, and they cover them extensively. So I think this is more ESPN cutting a sport that they have been giving short shrift to over the last five or six years. Well, they
0: cut from their other sports too. That's not, not a lot. Not, but not as much. They imploded the hockey. Like they yes. de- demolished they, it. They, they took a course. sledgehammer to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hockey is not their sport, hockey. Part. They haven't been their sport for a long time. You know, hockey is yeah. – they haven't they
1: don't have the hockey contract um the
0: fact that no, they- but here's the weird part act they had the world cup of hockey it went very well yeah and now I'm gonna assume they're out of that game um maybe not you know I mean because like these guys it's funny because you can get rid of a guy now yeah
1: and bring it him- I and mean, we've seen people like people I move know from place to place to place I mean it's like and, and back again you can you can always go back in this is this is a it's a money thing it's, it's all a money thing comes down it's to- a money thing but it's so- all but but, but, but- and, and especially, like, and I can speak from personal experience, you know, like internet advertising rates since like, you know, since Trump took office, it's it's it's, uh, it's down by a lot because and yeah. that's because of Trump, it's just because people are internet obsessed with Donald Trump on the, and they want to read about that all the time. Um, I think he did wrong. It's just that that's, a, that's the, that's the obsession of the world. Um, and, you know, and there's also a movement to like these companies like ESPN and like some of the bigger newspapers, they have to change their paradigm. There, there, there's no reality. I mean, you know, we have to look at our paradigm all the time too. And our paradigm is a newer, newer media paradigm. But these, some of these things have been around since the '70s and '80s and '90s, and they have a paradigm of huge staffs, and they just don't need them. Um, and, yeah. and 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 what, what? But what has happened too, because of the internet, there's a whole lot of people coming up that are great writers, like you, like you two are a great example. You know, who um, I'm
0: lucky. You know, here's the thing, I and I I forget. Like yesterday, LinkedIn reminded me, hey, it's your 17th anniversary for Sportsology, and yeah. I'm like. Oh, awesome! That's yeah, true. I guess it. You know, but that's just lucky—like right place, right time. Uh, it, no, you've worked your tail off. It's not. Lucky. I did work hard, but if I tried to do that now and work hard, I'm not sure I would get the same place. I don't think so.
1: You have to do it a different way. You know, I mean. Yeah, have to do it a different way. In the, in the same way, and and Mike, same way. I mean, we all we all have had to. We've, we've all worked, but what what I'm saying by that is that when ESPN looks at the bigger contracts of, that they have out there, these guys who are making and they, you know, Pierre was making a lot of money, at ESPN, and you know, yeah. Vince I was making a lot of money, at ESPN. I'm sure and. You know, and those guys were always—they were very generous with their money too. I mean, you know, oh yeah, the,
0: Pierre picked up a lot of checks.
1: These guys would—you know—when you're at media, legendary
0: things, for that.
1: Legendary for that, absolutely. Um, you know, so I, I don't—I don't hold anything against them making a lot of money, or, or you know, whatever you consider a lot of money. But they, no. but you know, but the fact is, there's a lot of young, talented people out there who have started on their own, writing on the internet, or doing their own own, you know, videos on YouTube or whatever, that'll work for a heck of a lot less that they can get who actually are probably more popular with a lot of the people they're looking towards. So it's a completely
2: Yeah, but at this point, hot. at this point, at this point what they're probably going to be doing at because they're probably probably going to be like an aggregator site and they're going to be carrying wire copy yeah, for a while because AP, and
0: I have to tell you yeah. as a website owner for me, AP is death.
2: Right, so if they're doing that, then you know you're gonna you're gonna have people going to
1: NHL.com,
2: to HockeyBuzz, to Sportsnet, to oh yeah, no uh, every time fans.
1: every time I hear ESPN is going to be an aggregator site, I'm like, woohoo! All right, that's fine by me, you know, because it's like right. we're gonna we're still, we're still producing original content every day, every hour, you know, and, that's and that should
0: be appreciated in this day and age. Like that's no joke. It's really
1: will mm-hmm. harder and harder. It will be appreciated. It's tough to do um, financially. I know this, you know, from, from personal experience. Um, but you know, it's tough to pull it off. But um, I, and I think it is appreciated by our readers and people like you guys, other there watching the show and everything like that. Um, they, you guys have been amazing to me and to the site, and uh, you know, it, that's a great thing. So it it is definitely a new paradigm, though. It has to be looked at differently. And I ESPN, they talk about they're going to do more videos, more live streaming stuff like all that, and um, well. You know, I,
2: I learned. I learned yesterday that ESPN bought into BAM. They
1: bought. Yeah, they bought into. You know, they have a percentage in in, in BAM. So oh,
2: that's
0: too. Okay. yeah. So,
2: well,
1: so about, see, they're all about live streaming. And I've been at these events, and I've um, with these with these new media guys, where you know you see Bernstein and and I saw them many times. Bernstein, and LeBron shooting a video. Oh yeah. Um, you've seen it too. Yeah, you know, I've I've filmed, I filmed videos for guys from from you know, Just because I'm there, you know, they hold hold my camera or whatever.
0: Stanley Cup. Literally Melrose and, and Steve Levy will just walk to the back of the room that we all did interviews in and just
1: do a spot. Right. Where before to do that, you know, required a big studio and like big cameras yeah. and all that stuff. So everything is just changing so much. And a lot of those guys are writers. Like Burnside's a writer. Um, you know, and and a lot of these guys as writers, like Kevin Allen has done a really good job with it. Um
0: He really has. I mean, he didn't break into business to
1: expecting 100%. to do that. Yeah. Right. one of the reasons he started doing the our, our show earlier on I know was because he wanted to practice being in front of the camera because he knew it was coming on so it's like you know he's not a guy who's really going to be comfortable in front of the camera but he realizes he's got to do it I mean look at Tim Panaccio we've seen that you know Panaccio has to go yeah. on, every time he comes out of the daily news he's like, <laughs> daily news live site because and, and
0: honestly Tim's ha- Tim has a lot less gray hair now since he's been doing
1: it <laughs> yeah and he's done a good job I, I mean know. I remember I remember you know keith jones when he was on my show before think- you know, like, national stuff how uncomfortable he was and it's funny um with keith jones because uh you know we have a running joke now whenever we see each other at like one of these events we look at each other and we say yeah, i can't believe you're still doing this he's like yeah i can't believe you're still doing this you know we go back and forth because <laughs> we were both doing the stardom at the same time he's had a lot more success than i had, but you know it's been fun to like watch them go do that so i think these guys will land on their feet you know they'll they'll be great um i hope that they you know
0: but here's the reality the 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 upper echelon guys, the, the Burnsides, the LeBron, LeBron already has other jobs. They're not gonna have a problem. It is hard to find work for the other yeah. people. It is.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, there's no question. And it, it and there aren't that many upper echelon guys. I mean, there's really like a dozen. You know, I mean right. really we can go through it and there's you know, who are those top, top, top guys? There's just, No, but
0: I don't wanna like do that because then I'm like No, I don't, I'm not going through it. I'm
1: just and, saying that I'm just saying yeah, yeah. that there aren't that many people that aren't gonna have a problem when this so there's a lot of people are gonna have a lot of problems and that's that's tough and i feel for them you know and I, I hope that they you know find place we've had we've had people like this come on hockey buzz and write for a period of time to help you know help out if they can while they're finding their way a lot of, there's there's always going to be you know what ends up happening with most of these guys that are good is they end up working for nhl.com or a team i've noticed that that's what it seems and they end up writing specifically for a team website or nhl.com because yeah. these places still have money um yeah. And they still see the value in promoting their, but but they but they're that they really change a lot because these are guys who covered entire league, you know, yes. for a journalistic outlet, and now are working for a when you work for a website, but that's a then you work for the team, you know, you're no longer like we say, you're no longer breaking trades, you're doing press releases, so there's a big right. difference there, and that's um, that that's a, that's an adjustment for these guys. I, I'm they're going to be fine, but I really just I really do. Yeah, I just wanted to thank both of them actually for being so cool. Yeah,
0: same here. I mean, they, they really have actually all three. You know, Custance, I think, is still there. People are saying. We'll, we'll see. but they, even, have to either we have of, hmm?
1: they have to keep somebody.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I want to thank all three of them, though, because they all oh, – Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've, I, I've come in contact with all of them many, many times, and they were a big help, and, and I wish them nothing but the best.
1: Craig's such an interesting story because Craig I met, you know, when he was the Thrashers writer. You know, that's what he was. And – and that was an interesting. That was such a such a unique job because that was a real market that was obviously falling apart, and yet here was this really good hockey writer down there who was covering the Thrashers in Atlanta. You know, yeah. and, and you know he's really come a long way from that. Now he's like he's the president of the Professional Hockey Writers Association. You know, that that is correct. So I mean, that's something, and that's only in like what seven or eight years that that yeah. being a Thrashers writer to that. So yeah, we'll get on with the show. Um, we could talk about this kind of stuff all day long, but we won't. since inside baseball for you guys. So. Um, but anyway, just, hopefully their, their thoughts our thoughts and wishes are with them, and we know they'll be fine. So let's get on with the show, shall we? All right. Hello, Hockey World. It's Wednesday, April 26, 2017.
2: I'm Michael Ajello.
1: I'm Russ Cohen from
0: Sportsology.
1: And I am Eklund. And you're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world and to try to... Uh, get you up to date on everything that's happening. And we have a lot of stuff happening because the games are back tonight. We have a couple games back tonight. Finally. Finally. I felt like a long time, like I said. I, I don't
0: – And with baseball games getting rained out, it got a little tough there.
1: I know. It's, it's hard. I mean, I just – I really – I don't know. There's
0: something about playoff hockey that's extremely addictive. I wrote about the NFL draft. I mean, I did. <laughs> that's so funny.
2: Yeah, it's called the police blotter, right, Russ?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah,
1: so – uh, we do have some interesting news today though that we go before that and that is that Bruce Cassidy has been named coach of the Bruins moving forward and we talked about that a little bit as that was a little bit strange that he hadn't been to this point uh, we talked about this with Kevin the other day um I, I guess so I guess to me I see this more as, as a vote of confidence for the people above him um, that because I know they wanted to keep him there I felt like they I felt like this was the, the general manager and you know um, Sweeney and, and Neely and these guys they wanted to keep him there but um, the fact he hadn't been re, re you know officially re upped made me wonder if they were in trouble. But I think that, I think that everyone right.
0: That's what I was thinking too. By the delay, yeah,
1: yeah. But I think they're safe now.
2: Well, I mean, and yeah. and I, I and, then I, and look, Russ and I discussed this this morning. I mean, they they just were eliminated on. Sunday. So, you know, they had locker clean out. You know, it, 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 to me, it does, it didn't strike me as being unusual that it would, they would give it a couple of days before they made an announcement like that. Either that or they should have made the announcement once they made the playoffs in between the end of the regular season and the start of the playoffs that the interim tag had been taken off. But
0: Or, you know. or here's the thing, though. If you were there for locker clean out and you just found out today now that Bruce Cassidy's coach, you may have left town after locker clean out.
1: Yeah. You're right.
0: As a writer,
1: you're right. You're right. No, that's it's. I mean, it's tra- it's crazy. Like, look at this whole thing. And um, I mean, just just look at the fact that that we, we just talked about. It, you know, like everything's changing so quickly, and these guys get laid off in ESPN, and, and we're in the middle of the NHL playoffs. I mean, it's like everything's. So you never know what's going to happen with jobs here. You know, and these guys, I really, I was surprised that a lot of times when I got when when a GM and a coach aren't going to remain, you know, that, that you have these weirdness between, around the exit interviews and stuff like that. And that didn't necessarily happen this time. So that was sort of make me think that, okay, they are doing their extra interviews, so maybe that is going to – usually they have new guys come in to do exit interviews too. But, um, yeah, so that's a little bit. I want to get through this news really quickly, though, because the other thing that was really fascinating today before we get into the predictions for tonight and uh, the for the first round here is um, is Kuchero with, you know, with a couple <laughs> a couple of interesting statements in the Russian press. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. I did not. I forgot
0: t- my I forgot to buy the Russian paper today when I went down to the
2: uh, market. Yeah. So my 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 subscription to Pravda lapsed.
1: <laughs> okay. So here's um a, they're listed there. These are reported by Sergey um, Demidov, who's um a writer for the NHL for NHL.com, um and this is what he, this is what he told Sveshki Sports. Okay. Um, they're both kind of interesting. Um, Interesting here. So he says we had great chemistry with with um, the and Stamkos at the start of the season. We understood each other really, really well. And then Stamkos was injured. I was very upset. I think those nine games were my best in the NHL. And then the coaches started shuffling lines. Partners were changing like like in a kaleidoscope. It's always interesting. These are translated, so it's I don't yeah, to... yeah,
0: yeah.
1: It was very hard to to, to um, it was very hard to use it because guys didn't want didn't play at Stamkos level. It's hard to explain how I played with them. We had a lack we had a lack of understanding of each other. There were some problems. I was suffering. Torments all the season because I couldn't find perfect chemistry with other partners. Like after the Stamkos injury, we played with Jonathan Duran once, and it was good, but Coach didn't put us together again for some reason. And then he come, and this continues on with this with another with a little bit more. And this is where it gets really interesting. And some guys even overstayed overstayed in, in team. Um, they got their money and they stopped working. They know mm. there's new comp- no competition for their positions, and the organization is not going to take someone else. They played not really well this year. You can see it in their stats and the way they and the way of play. We played together, and I made a pass. They weren't. They even were not expecting this. That's why this season was hard
0: for me, despite the good stats. So this right.
2: So he's yeah. ca- he was calling out teammates who were making money.
0: But well, yeah, well, here's the one thing. Even even uh, aside from that, if you remember on previous shows, I talked about Anisimov suffering. From so many line mate changes. And and players do suffer from this. Most of them are not dishonest about it. But you can see it a lot of times. And if you do have chemistry with a guy and you finally feel like, hey, I finally have that guy, and then the next game you're not playing with him, it does mess with your head.
1: Yeah, no, it does. And especially Russian players. Yeah. You know, who really grow up, you know, like this is a guy who's always been on the top line, you know, and there's, like we talked about before, in Russia, and there's a great book, you know, um, King of King of King on Hockey. Dave King's right, book about hockey in Russia it's just always. We wrote with our Eric, um, Eric Dachek, amazing book about this, and you learn so much about the Russian hockey system. And one of them is this: that they have almost like a baseball-esque type, um, type you know, thing of like you know, who's the ace on the team, who's yep. the second pitcher, who's the third pitcher, and you know, if you're on the first line, you're a first line player. That you're the ace of that team. So. Um, when you expect that, you know that first line, and this is this is why there's been a, so much talk for so many years about Malkin dealing with the fact that he is not the ace on the team. You know, he's the second center um, behind Crosby. Whether or not he'd be able to handle that, he's obviously learned to handle it and with, with with fine. But it, you know, there's always wonders that, and then why he would play better when Crosby wasn't there. It's it's a very much a Russian attitude, I think, that we're just coming through here too. Um,
2: yeah, but but if you I mean if you look at Tampa, their success. I mean they there was about a forty five game. Gap from their early success before uh, when Stamkos got hurt, and when they started playing well after the March first trade deadline. You you know you had the Braden points. Um, you know, coming up and playing a bigger role, which he had to after guys like Tyler Johnson got hurt. They traded Philpola, they traded Boyle, they traded Ben Bishop. And, you know, Philpola had another year in his contract and wasn't playing particularly well in Tampa. So I would bet even money that one of the guys that Kucherov is talking about in terms of guys who weren't stepping up was a guy like Philpola. Yeah. And, and Bishop probably knew he was going to be gone in free agency. So, the, you know, I mean I, – I mean, he didn't have a terrible year with Tampa I and mean, in fact, I think until they made the trade he was he played as as well or better than basketball that's
0: ridiculously hard with the flyers like i you yeah. know it's just it's it's a weird thing i i I'll say this I think now John cooper is gonna have to look over his shoulder again because if Kucherov isn't happy, his contract is not that long, and that's gonna be yeah it's gonna pose a problem for that team and so if your ownership, you are now concerned about this.
2: Well, I mean, you and we can. We're we're gonna probably do like team by team uh, sort of reviews yeah. or uh, look looks forward as we come up to July first. And Tampa is one of the most interesting teams because you've yeah. got all these players: Palat, uh and Tyler Johnson and Duran, all on all RF. Phase. I know that uh, that Pallott and Johnson I believe are one year away from UFA so it's either a long-term deal or maybe trading them and Joanne yeah. I mean already it's coming up that the money that he's going to expect to make is probably not what Tampa Bay is going to want to pay so if they want to get that defenseman like five or six other teams in the league you know that big top pairing defenseman that I think they, they sort of need to take a little bit of pressure off a of headman. They're probably going to have to trade a guy like Drew. And that's, you know, that's going to be, you know, that could be a situation like Boston with Tyler Sagan. You trade that young guy who's who you projected as being part of your franchise. And then once you do it, even though it might be a good deal, you realize you've traded a guy that was going to be the center of your franchise. And, you know, yeah. they may regret it after, but I think they're probably still going to do it.
1: Yeah, no, I think so too. And I, I mean, I mean, speaking of Sagan, by the way, he had successful surgery on his shoulder um and he's expected to make a full recovery in four months it's not a, it's as he's gonna be out for a while but you know four months. four months
0: is the best you could possibly do with a shoulder surgery by the way that yeah. is a rough surgery it is okay. one of the hardest to get over just just as a human being because you got to sleep like it's so just painful. it's awful
1: so painful i agree with you
0: um all right so let's move on
1: to the playoffs here so we've got, we've got we're in the second round of the playoffs now we know that to, you know, you and know, I look at this, the way I look at it right now is, um, where am I going to go in the East? And where am I going to go in the West for the San Diego finals? Right. Cause it's kind of exciting. So I'm going to look at Anaheim, Anaheim, Edmonton, St. Louis, Nashville, one of those four cities. And I like the fact that I can drive to three of the four cities in the East. <laughs> so, um, but let's start with it. Let's, let's start right off the bat with the biggie. And I would say that Pittsburgh, Washington is the biggie. Um, and, i going to do a little background and then we'll get right into it. The differences between us. Okay, so I'm going to look at, first of all, remember, like I said before, the matchups were way better than us in the first round. So I'm going to bring up the matchups again here as to where. Uh, I'm not
0: going to laugh at the matchups this time. I probably laughed last
1: time. They've, they've been beaten us consistently for the last time. I so. know
0: Mike did. Mike is always snickering in the
2: back. I'll laugh, but I'll just take myself off the screen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right, so straight up on the matchups. Uh, <laughs> the penguins have won very nice Mike. the penguins have won 6 of the last 10 games in this um, in this in this series and have been, have been you know won the 3 of the last 5 this year so they are they actually have the matchup favor there would be the matchup favor and then to use the goaltending and power play statistics this is where washington can't really be beat <laughs> because Washington's number 1 in goaltending this year number 3 on the power play number 7 on the penalty kill the capitals number 4 in goaltending so this is these are two really good goaltending teams um, but the penguins 17th on the power play and 20th on the penalty kill this year. Um, I don't even know if that matters. Doesn't mean anything cuz the playoffs team it doesn't this this is the one series where I would say it, it did matter in the in the Chicago series. I didn't think it worked. Yes. It, I don't think I think the penguins are still the Stanley Cup champions and you know and like I said both teams are demanding to be the underdog in this series. So we'll do, we'll, we'll have to make one of them happy here and make them the underdog. Um so let's start Mike with you. Go ahead, what are your thoughts on this one?
2: Well, first of all, I think the underdog is Washington because Pittsburgh is the Stanley Cup champion, and they were dominant in the first round against Columbus. Now, you have to factor in Columbus was a very young team and didn't get the goaltending I think they expected out of Bobrovsky. So, you know, there are mitigating factors there. Um, you know, obviously, watching Washington against Toronto, they struggled struggled for a while, but when it came down to it, they flipped the switch in Game Five and in Game Six when they needed to and took over control of the game. They got pretty solid goaltending from Holtby throughout. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Ovechkin was not the leading scorer, but scored key goals at key times. I, I mean, I look at this series, you know, there's no doubting Pittsburgh is still a great team, but, they're without Latang, and I don't think those. Lo- I don't think the loss of Latang really hit them against Columbus, and we don't know what the status of Murray is. I mean, if Flurry and you know Fleury's won a Stanley Cup, so we're not talking about chopped liver here, yeah. but. You know, I think there is a drop off from Murray to Flurry. So if Wait, where, where is,
0: are is talking about chopped liver or chopped liver with
2: onions, is that really? And there you go.
1: Okay. Um, it was unbelievable in the first round, though. Like, like don't forget. Yeah, I,
2: I, I'm not. I'm not disputing that. I, I'm really not. But I'm just saying, I think there is a drop off from Murray to Flurry. And if it is Flurry, I think Washington has a slightly better chance than if Murray was in the lineup. I, I you know, I'm. It's a, it's a pick 'em series. I'm going to go seven games. But I think the Capitals. I think the Capitals are going to win.
0: Okay. All right. Russ. All right. So, I, again, I feel badly that Mike didn't take Brian Rust in his pool, but that's okay. I think he'll score another three goals. I'm sure of that. He is a clutch goal scorer. They are so hard to find. I'll have uh, to is. remember that next year, Russ. Yes. It's just the way it is. I mean, anybody who Crosby plays with will definitely get points, whether it's Jake Connor Connoisseur, or both. It's incredible – the amount of point production that Sidney Crosby creates on a team, there's nobody like it in the NHL. Nobody, not even McDavid yet, has been able to make other players on his line that much better that all of a sudden they become one of the better lines in the postseason. So there's that. I don't think they missed Latang from a perspective of not being able to win without him. Of course, yeah. if they had him, they'd be more formidable – but I, I don't think they've missed a beat without him. And the same thing with the goaltending. As a matter of fact, you can make an argument that because of what happened to Flurry, the team is probably very, really wants to win for Flurry because this is probably his last go round with the Penguins. Sure. So that makes it, you know, a, a sort of a galvanizing point. I, I look at the, I look at Washington, and I think things are going well for them. I don't think they're going well defensively. I don't like what Brooks Orpik is doing nate schmidt has been doing great I- i'm telling you if it were me i would sit brooks Orpic and i would play nate schmidt that's just especially you know if alzner's playing every game that's what i would do and i know it sounds crazy but you know what nate schmidt plays way harder than brooks Orpic can now brooks Orpic's doing all he can but he's slow and when he can't catch up to somebody he's trying to chop the stick out of your hand yeah and that's, that's basically
2: the the problem with that Russ is that Brooks orpic really represents the only physical presence on the on the Washington Blue Line.
0: I mean, but I Osner can play physical too. He yeah,
2: taught. but but I think I mean Orpik changed games in against the against the Maple Leafs. He knocked Polak out. He hit he hit Marner. He is he's physical. He's not he's not quick. But I don't think he has to be. Lightning quick against Pittsburgh because he's going to stay back. He's not going to be somebody who's going to press offensively into the into the into the into the, uh, into the offensive zone.
0: Okay, that's fair. I, I mean, I, I look Ovechkin is Ovechkin. I think if they take the shackles off a little, they'll get more offense out of him. Uh, Marcus Johansson has always been an undervalued guy. Now, not not within the Capitals. I think they know what they have. I think the rest of the world has sort of always undervalued what he can do. And he, you know, he was really important to him last series i look at it all and i say you know if tom sestito plays that will no i'm just kidding um (laughs) that's a total joke we know that's a joke all right i'm gonna take the penguins in six and it's not because of I, i think the capitals are gonna choke or anything like that i think it's because the penguins again feel like they're the underdogs and have something to prove even as the stanley cup champs i do only in the only in their addled mind could they. But well, whatever, be but that's that. all you have to. Have. They're Stanley Cup champions. It only, it only has to be in their mind to make it
2: happen. I know, and, and and before you make your pick, act the one the one matchup that I think is. Cha- I mean, obviously, this is a, an obvious point, but you know, the Crosby Malkin one-two tandem is is tough for any team to match up against. Washington, I th- I, I think they're not going to try to match up. Backstrom with Crosby and Kuznetsov against Malkin. I think they're going to try to match up guys like Lars Eller and and Jay Beagle against those lines to try to try to exhaust them to try to, you know, f- be more physical against them and then maybe try to play uh Backstrom against, say, Nick Bonino and, and you know, get uh, Kuznetsov against the third or fourth line. I think that's what they're going to try to – because head-to-head, I think Crosby and Malkin will – I think will end up beating Kuznetsov or Backstrom. I mean,
0: Backstrom. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I mean, has Backstrom ever become the great playoff scorer? Not yet. No. no. Yes.
1: No, I agree with that completely. Um, it was an interesting stat I saw that, that you know, and I was trying to figure out because these are this to me is believe it or not, like I really see this as a battle of of, of goalies. I mean, I think this is you know, uh, for all the, for all the hoopla, you know, for all hoopla of these teams, I mean, one in four defensively, that's that's serious. You know, that's serious.
2: Well, hope he, hope he didn't lose it for him last year. Ak. It was the fact that the Caps um, couldn't score, and that if if the Caps can score, and they had trouble for a while against Toronto, but if the, if the Caps can score they'll win this series. I I don't think it was, you know, Holtby is the problem.
1: Right, right. Now, I, so, I, so I did some deep, deep diving into stats, which I never do, right? Deep diving into like horsey type stats. All right, ready? Figure out like the goals, the goals and, and the way goals were scored by these two teams. Um, and I think, you know, so who's a better, you know, when I look at the, the deflections, you know, like I look at deflections, which goalie do I think is better on deflections? Holtby, Mark andre Fleury, you know, and I go through that, you know, and that's, I really think that, Hope he's a better deflection goalie. Like I think that Flurry, I see him as a quick reflex goalie, but I see mm-hmm. though, hope he's in position, you know, to make those saves. Hope he is not as flashy as Flurry, but hope he is usually really consistent. Um, this year, okay, the Pittsburgh Penguins um, and the Washington Capitals, okay, guess who scored more goals on deflections?
0: I mean, of course, it's going to be it's 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 going to be the uh pittsburgh penguins because you're building it up because you're saying hope be stopping shots so i'm going to say it's the pittsburgh penguins
1: mike i don't care okay you playing <laughs> along <laughs> i really appreciate doing all this all right <laughs> um, I- so no the um the capitals scored 11 goals on deflections this year the penguins two goals on deflections the entire year okay which is surprising you know that's um you know Tippins, the teams were basically the same, 77 goals. But then when I look at the then backhands, this is not surprising, right? Like, this is where the Penguins, 146, the Capitals, 93. But then the wraparound, which is another big, this, this is where you can beat Flurry, like on wraparounds. I've always felt like uh-huh. Flurry's not the greatest in wraparounds because he overcommits. Like, he's it's true. He tends to try to do too much in goal. Um, who do you think is a better wraparound team? Pittsburgh. No, I, I I can see Washington being the better wraparound team. Yep. Now Pittsburgh, seventeen wraparound goals. The the Capitals only seven. Wow. So that sort of plays into, you know, into Washington's hands on both of those things. Now, you know, that's that's is if Flurry's in goal, right? And then we don't know which way it's gonna gonna go. You know, we don't know who's gonna play the goal. Who's gonna be the goalie? It's. I mean, I'm guessing they're gonna stay with Flurry until. Until he doesn't play well, because right that's now,
0: tough. yeah, I think that's what they're going to do too. Now, do you have a, a stat for breakout goals? Because clearly, Flurry is way better with the stick and passing the puck than, than Brayden Holtby is.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't. Um, I don't yeah. have. That.
0: See, that's that's where I think it evens out a little because yeah. Flurry gets the break going almost better than any goalie out there.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I think that that's. Um, you're right. I, he is definitely one of the best. You know, but I hope he's not bad handling. I'm the puck. not saying he's bad. I'm just saying Flurry is way. Great. Laurie's better, definitely. But if you put Matt Murray in there, then suddenly is better. Yes,
0: then Holpi's better. Yes.
1: So that could that could play into it too. Uh, you know, all this stats are fun and everything that, but I still think I still think that right now the Penguins are inside, are still inside everyone's head because they haven't lost and, they, and the way they took the Columbus Blue Jackets down, who were one of the best teams in the NHL this year, for, for better or worse, you know, they were. They took them down very easily and um, really just without how much hesitation the Capitals had a struggle against the least. I'm not necessarily one of those people who are going to say that the Caps are going to be relieved getting past Toronto because right. yeah, possibly they, they're not, they're not thinking that way at all because the fact of the matter is they're going up against the team that eliminated them last year and they're going against a team that probably has the best. And we, we are looking maybe at the Stanley cup final here with these two teams. Yeah,
0: you could be. Yeah.
1: These are the two best teams in the NHL. Right. And that are left especially. Right. So you can sit there and say, okay, you know, are, you know, who's better than either of these teams in the West, who would you pick against? If, if, if either of these teams were playing a team in the Western conference, who would you pick? You know,
0: I'm any, still going with Pittsburgh for the whole. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would
1: take Pittsburgh or Washington over any, over any of the yeah. four teams left in the West. So
0: most likely that's what i what I would do too.
1: Yeah. 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 So I'm going to say we're looking at, you know, I'm I'm going to say you're looking at the penguins and sixes. That's, that's where I'm going to go with it. But, um, so let's move on to. We talked a lot yesterday about Ottawa and the Rangers. So we'll just sort of get into predictions on this one. Um, Wait,
0: did you say who the matchup said was going to win? I don't think you did.
1: I did I did I did? I'm not on this one yet. No, I will I'll get into that. Well, you okay. guys know about the, you give your predictions, and uh-huh. we'll have that then for you guys for sure. Okay. So um, who do let's let's yeah let's let's play off this for a second. All right. So who do we think? Why don't you start, Mike, with your predictions for the um, Rangers and
2: well, I started the last
0: one. Russ, you make the Russ, you make yeah. The, so I, I I look at it and again. I look at Bobby Ryan, Rick Nash, two of the hotter guys right now for goal scoring in the playoffs. They play a little bit different role because Nash plays a complete game. Ryan doesn't really. But but Ryan's still a big, fast guy that's hard to hold back. In that way, they're similar. Uh, goaltending, you know, we have to give Henrik Lundqvist the edge because it's Henrik Lundqvist. But Craig Anderson's really impressed me. And I think he has that little extra going for him that we talked about yesterday. Uh I like the Ottawa Blue Line. I do. I like guys like Cc. I, I like Merthod. I, I I love Carlson. I always have. I I think they're a little banged up, but they're still better than most. I think the Rangers Blue Line is good, not great, but it's better than it has been during the regular season. It's yeah. actually rebounded to some degree, and because they seem to have at least figured out the guys by shuffling the deck chairs, you know. I I the Rangers yeah. offense. Could be a lot better. We talked about it, Kreider, Stepan. Those guys need to show up. There's no doubt about it. JT Miller, you know, stop missing the net. Put the puck on net. On the other side, you know, Ottawa's cut stone, and they have Hoffman. Boucher knows how to use those guys. This is going seven. I really believe it's going seven, and I think this is where the home ice isn't going to matter, and I think the Rangers will win in seven.
1: Seven, all right. I like that. I, that makes sense. I, it's this is a it, you're giving a little more credit to the Rangers than I will. I'll go second if you want to, Mike. So you don't do a. St- um, so um, that let's go. Let's go on the on the matchups. First of all, the matchups on um, these teams have split their last ten games, and that's usually my my marker for the last ten games. So when they, when they split the last ten games, I go to the last five games and see who's won. And Ottawa's won three of the five, so Ottawa's actually the leader in the matchups on this in this one. Um, but when you go to the goaltending and power play and penalty kill, um, the Rangers. Ottawa, Ottawa. does. Ottawa was tenth in the year. Tenth in the year goal, 10th in The Rangers were thirteenth. So Ottawa does have a slight advantage there. But the power play and the penalty kill. The Rangers. Neither of these teams were awesome on either, on anything. Um, but but the Senators were twenty third on the power play and twenty second on the penalty kill in the NHL. Those are really bad numbers. Um, and for you know to make the playoffs to be in the second round. I don't know. You'd have to do a lot of crazy research to figure out if a team is the last team that made the second round being in the mid twenties on both of those stats in the regular season. That's like a really that's not a number you normally see. The Rangers were 11th in power play and 19th on penalty kill. So the Rangers do win the goaltending part of this, the goaltending power special team. So it's a split decision between the two teams. But the matchup goes to the Senators. I I think the power play is going to be a major issue because against Lundqvist, especially when you're a team, like when you're a team with not a ton of scorers on it, like the Senators are, you have to make your power plays matter, mm-hmm. um, you know, in this series. And I think that I, that's why I think, the, I think the Rangers are going to take this one I'm going to go with it in six um, for the Rangers. I think that they okay. I think they have it in six and possibly five. I want to go five, but I'm just – I thought it was surprises all year, so I'm going to say six. Mike?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Rangers are set up uh, better against – Ottawa than they are they were against Montreal. Um, I think Anderson's had a great year, an inspiring year. Probably going to be the Masterton Trophy winner, and you know give I give him a ton of respect for you know fighting through and and doing what he and doing what he did. Uh, and Mike Condon did a great job for them during the regular season. But I you know looking at the team, you have got to remember this is a team I thought was going to finish dead last in the NHL. So I mean I, I did I'm completely surprised that they were able to uh, you know to put together the season that they did under Guy Boucher. And the thing is, Boucher for you know he pretty much did what he did in Tampa. They play a lot of 1-3-1. They they like to get up in games when they get up in games and they try to shut things down. Um, they're they're not they're still not particularly great defensively, even though they have a, those top two pairs. They relied on their goaltending to win a lot of games. And you know, and you know that is a formula in the playoffs that is successful. But you know, Carlson's dinged up. My is as well. FNUF, even though he's had a good playoff so far, is slow. But they've limited that that uh, that problem with lack of a, with lower ice time. Um, I think the Rangers have the better goaltending. I think they have almost as good defense, and I think they're way better up front, and I think that the quickness of certain Ranger forwards, like Jesper Fast, like Lindbergh, they will get on Carlson, they will be able to maybe stay with him and check him and frustrate him enough that, uh, you know, he won't be able to uh, run wild like he did against the slower Bruins, And, and I think, you know, Kreider, Miller, those big guys who didn't score against Montreal will get off the Schneid and do that for, against against Ottawa. So I think the Rangers in six.
1: Yep. All right. So moving on to the Western Conference. Um, let's start with Anaheim and Edmonton. Um, this is a you know just basing basing on the matchups on this one is interesting. You have this, this is a tough one because if you go to the last ten, Anaheim has won six of the last ten, so they get they get the call in matchups. But in An- Edmonton was very different last year than they are this year. So, if you go to this year, Edmonton won three of five. Um, so, it's real this is a tough one. There, you know, really last year, you know, Anaheim won four of five essentially. So, that's how you're looking at it. So, really, um, although Anaheim gets the victory based on matchups because I always do the last ten. This one is this one is suspected in a similar way to the Leafs were suspect in the last round, where it's hard to go on anything, at least the, the year before this one, um, where usually you can get a little bit out of that. And then also when you look at the, then looking straight up at the goaltender matchup versus versus the special teams matchup, this is where it separates a pretty, actually these team, teams aren't that far apart. Um, goaltending, Anaheim was third, Edmonton was eighth. Power play, power play is a big difference. Um, Anaheim 17th, Edmonton fifth, but the penalty kill, Anaheim fourth, Edmonton 17th. So what's interesting here is you have a 17th ranked power play going against a 17th ranked penalty kill when Anaheim has the power play. And you have a fifth ranked power play going against a fourth ranked penalty kill when Edmonton has the power play. So, you know, is this all a wash? And then, you know, and then at the end of the day, you have Anaheim with a better goaltending. Um, you know, that, so it gives Anaheim the win. So Anaheim gets the win in both the matchups and the goaltending stats. So, um, but uh, I guess, um, why yeah, you take this one, Russ, since I don't see
0: Mike right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking, yeah. Since Mike's not there, it's a call to me. I yeah. was looking to see what Leon Dreiseidel has done in the playoffs so far, because that's. To me, it seems like he hasn't done a lot. He, was uh, hurt and he, got, he
1: apparently got a little bit better as time went on, but um, yeah. he, um, he had a better towards the end of the round, but in the beginning, the beginning of the class, he was not good at all.
0: Right, okay. So, all right, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that that he's kicking it in gear. Yeah. I saw Clef Bomb kicking it in gear. McDavid probably could have a better series than he did last series. Uh, Talbot, I felt like, was a little weary towards the end. I'm a little worried about that for for Edmonton's sake. I think Edmonton's defense has played a lot better than most thought they would. I think they still suffer from unbalanced scoring. I don't know if Everly has done much or even Nugent Hopkins. I I don't see their names. You know, I haven't heard their names announced for a lot of goals, that's for sure. So I look at Anaheim, and I think they're going to go for the grind it out, slow it down against Edmonton style. Patrick Maroon uh, aside, like that kind of player. I think they have other players like that too. Edmonton—that's the way. That's the way Edmonton could be very successful is with a guy like that. They used to have that guy. Um, I think Getzlaff will try and assume that role, and he has been hot. Kessler has been hot. I really do like what John Gibson has done, and I think he's had a fine series. I do, I'm, and I think he'll be good this series. I think. I think the Anaheim blue line is still superior to the Edmonton blue line. It's tough because, you know, Edmonton has that youthful exuberance, yeah. but Anaheim does have that grit, and I think the penalty kill for Anaheim is going to be a key, and so I'm going to say Ducks in six. Ducks in six. All
1: right, Mike. Yeah, I think the
2: key matchup here is uh, Kessler versus McDavid. Um, now, I, McDavid obviously has the speed advantage and will – you know, at times probably blow by Kessler, but when the whistle blows, that's when Kessler is going to get in in what McDavid's kitchen. He is going to, you know, I'm he'll try it. He'll it'll be glove in the face. It'll be yap yap yap. It'll be you know tapping at the back of his ankles. You know, it, there'll be anything to, to aggravate McDavid, and Kessler does that better than almost anybody in the league. Now, I I, I think you know. With Anaheim, the onus on the offense has gone has shifted partially from the guys like Getzloff and Perry. And you can see that Raquel, Silverberg, they're they're carrying more of the load. And Anaheim is only getting better in this round because Fowler apparently is close to being back. He may even start in game one. Uh Vatanen is a little bit dinged up. He may not start the series, but you know, it sounds like he'll be back at some point in the series. I think I think Anaheim's defense is, you know, leaps and bounds better than Edmonton's. I mean, Edmonton's now – Edmonton's defense now is not a liability. Liability doesn't mean that they're great. And, you know, Clefbaum had a good first round, and you know, Larson has been solid. Yeah, their, their defense is competent now. It's not superlative. Um, so I think Anaheim has yeah, got more experience – I think they have the better goaltending, and I think they're way ahead on defense. So I think Anaheim's going to win in six.
1: I look at this, and I was you know I was really kind of surprised when I went through the same kind of things I went through with the other one, um, where I, you know, Anaheim was one of the top tip-in teams in the league. And I guess it's not so super surprising because you've got some guys on there, like Kessler, that you would expect that from.
0: Well, even Raquel's got some size I mean, to him, mean, a little yeah. bit. Yeah.
1: That is the kind of stuff that – that is the kind of thing, the way you have to, you have to play against Edmonton. Um, Goals because you know the goaltending is is, is Talbot can be tough, but you know, I think when you're actually, I think I've seen more deflection goals, you know, with him and tip ins, you know, than you would think. Where you know, they've this is a double. I mean, Anaheim is 108 tips 108 tip ins to 58 for Edmonton this year, so you're not looking looking at a big difference there in stats. But again, Anaheim scored 157 goals and Edmonton scored 105, so that's Anaheim is the bigger goal scoring team, which you wouldn't necessarily think.
0: No, that's true, I wouldn't think that.
2: I think this I think one of the interesting side stories is gonna be former duck Patrick maroon against uh against yeah. his old
1: team oh, it's because- funny how much I was gonna make a joke about that actually Mike I was actually gonna talk about that because I was like you know they were looking for they were looking for you know um angles on this and the Patrick Maroon angle came up you know I heard somebody bring it up and I, I do agree with you I mean it is an interesting story but it just feels it just seems kind of funny to me still that that's like a it's a, not a more of a story than Patrick Mar- but Patrick Maroon has been really good obviously for Edmonton well,
0: yeah well, well, those were the points. I just put them up. I mean, Eberle's got one point in the series. Drysaito three. Nugent Hopkins doesn't have a point, yeah. and McDavid has four points.
2: Yeah. yeah, and and the thing is that you know what what Edmonton will probably do to counter Kessler getting in McDavid's kitchen is probably put Maroon or Zach Cassian on the line with McDavid as a as a sort of a protector, as the as a latter day mm-hmm. Dave Semenko for right. Gratz. And will
0: the will the Zach Cassian magic continue? That's the
2: question. Well, well that's, see, that's the thing. I I don't know if it will, but the thing that the thing that I do know is that Zach Cassian and Patrick Maroon are completely. Undisciplined, and they will take stupid penalties, and they did in the first round against San Jose. Now, Cassian countered that by scoring key goals, but I think that that will be in the end be a killer for Edmonton. I mean, you know, this is a young team. This is a learning experience. I think what what's going to happen with Edmonton is the same thing that happened with Toronto in the first round. Yes, they won a series. Yes, they won a series against a team that went to the Stanley Cup final. But I think Anaheim is a different animal, and I, I just don't think they match up well against them.
1: Yeah, I mean Anaheim played so well in the first round, um, but you know, but we just don't know how good Calgary is, really, in my opinion. Right, I
2: think it was I think that was more the fact that Calgary just does, they have they have a psychological block against Anaheim, like Washington has a psychological block against Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, defensively, the stats all line up for Anaheim being a better defensive team. You know, that's not to be that's not surprising. But you know, the the whole thing is you know the emotion of Edmonton, you know, and the fact that you've got you know some serious. Serious skill. It's going to be a fun series to watch. Um, I just tend, I tend to think that, you know, winning one round for this Oilers team was a really big success, and I have a feeling that this this Anaheim team is far more focused on the fact that most of these, a lot of these guys that are playing on the Anaheim team have been to the conference finals several times. So they yeah. this this is a team that's been, been through this. It's not, winning one round doesn't mean anything to Anaheim.
0: I mean, Anaheim has a lot less pressure on them in their own market than Edmonton does. That's, oh,
1: yeah. that's yeah. real. Yeah, that's but very real
0: but there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot of
2: there's a lot of pressure to prove something in Anaheim i mean you have a coach
0: that's fair
2: a Stanley Cup winning coach who came off a situation in toronto where he was mocked for being a fuddy-duddy and I think that Randy Carlisle is a top-notch NHL coach. And I think that, you know, there's motivation there. There's motivation with Bob Murray, who's got a lot, who've been, a, been criticized a lot uh, for some of the moves that he's made. And this team is probably going to be a little bit different after the expansion draft because with their, with their defense, with some of their older players. So, I mean, this is, you know, I think Anaheim is sort of the Washington of the Western Conference. They're not a one-shot deal, but they, you know, this is their best chance, and they may take a step back in the next year or two.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Edmonton and, and – I'm sorry, Anaheim and Six. Sorry, Anaheim and Six. Let say Anaheim and Six. I on this one. Um,
2: so, we, so we all did the same.
1: All the same. Yep. There we go.
2: scary. Okay.
1: Finally, yes, it is. Finally, on to St. Louis and Nashville, which is, I think, maybe the second most fun series in the playoffs. But Red led still going on. But this is – um, if you look at the matchups of this, the Blues have won six of the last ten. Um, So the Blues would get this one in the matchup category. But, again, the Preds have won four of the last six. So – you know you're looking at the Blues had a streak there you know they won four in a row basically and then um, from there on after that you know in the last six the Predators won four in the last six but the match here still winner goes to St. Louis the way I do it um, but then the real difference comes in goaltending and power play and penalty kill and this is where the Predators actually beat out the Chicago Blackhawks in this statistic last series but they don't beat out the Blues um, goaltending wise and this is what's crazy because both these goaltenders are playing out of their minds right now so if we look at the regular season Goal-tending. St. Louis was 12th and Nashville was 15th, but both these goalies have been, had incredible first rounds, so you can kind of write that out the window, but the power play and the penalty kill, this is where Nashville got a lot, Nashville really had a good series with Chicago on the special teams, and Chicago's special teams were bad throughout the regular season, but the power play for St. Louis is 8th, the penalty kill is 3rd, um, power play for Nashville 16th, penalty kills is 15th, uh, so the Blues end up winning this, winning this. Basically, um, so they win both the matchups and this category. I'll start with this series um, and tell you what I think. Um, this is a really hard one. I, you know, for me, I've always been the one who picks Nashville in different situations. Um, and you know, I didn't pick them in the first round. I felt like I was kicking myself because maybe I shouldn't pick them. Maybe they'll win if I don't pick them. Maybe they'll maybe they'd rather me not pick them. <laughs> so, but um, I actually think Nashville's going to win this series. Sorry, Predators fans. Um, but I think I think this is a. I think Nashville is is on a roll right now. They have. They have everything going for them. I was as impressed as I was with what St. Louis did against Minnesota. It it was very. It felt a lot less consistent than what the Predators were doing against the Blackhawks. Just within game to game. Um, at the end of the day, the results are almost the same. I mean, they went in five. They went in four. But there were moments where, you know, I I felt like the Blues were not completely together. There are certain players in the Blues that have to have big. They you know, have to play really well um, for them, and they did it. They did enough in the first round, but not. A, they need to do more against them and more predators like tarasenko and these guys have to be a little better i think um but that you know and Saboka has obviously been really great um as well he, you know is he injured or not it looked he did look different after the after he took that knee injury that knee hit seriously look so at the end of the day i'm going to go with the predators and seven um mike do you want to go
2: well i, I mean i think the the key to the series obviously is the goaltending and all you know in most playoff series it is and i'm still even though jake allen had a phenomenal series against minnesota i'm still not sold and i was i was sort of skeptical regarding pekka rene with his save percentage during the regular season uh, but Nashville played remarkably well defensively, and he didn't make any mistakes against Chicago. So I give Nashville a slight edge in the goaltending. And I almost get the impression about that series with the Blues in the Wild that it was more the Wild letting down than it was the Blues beating them. And that maybe that's not fair because the Blues, you know, they were up 3-0. Um, but, you know, the first game in that series was all Jake Allen. He was just phenomenal. And, uh, you know, they – they barely won that game. So, um, I mean, St. Louis has got depth offensively. Uh, you know, Paul Stasny has come back from injury. The addition of Sabotka has helped a lot. Um, but it, it really it's I think a lot of it is on Terrasenko And if, Nashville can neutralize Tarasenko or limit Teresinko, then they're in good shape. With Nashville, I mean, back in the day, it used to be a problem of them not having enough offense. Now I don't think that's the problem anymore. With Arvidsson, Johansson, and and Forsberg as one line, I mean that's a that that that's one of the best lines in the playoffs right now. And if they get any secondary scoring out of Fisher and Neal. You know, they're going to be tough to stop. So I, I, I'm leaning toward Nashville. I think it's going to be Nashville in six.
1: Nashville in six. All right.
0: Um, Russ, yeah. I'll tell you what. The goalie matchup is interesting because right now, Martembro Brodor has had a great mm-hmm. effect on Jake Allen, yeah. a massive yeah. effect on him. Yeah. And that's going to carry him a long way. Pecorine's been playing great. But I'm going to call this a dead heat in goal because – that's how much i think brogore has pumped up jake allen i've now seen the jake allen that i used to see years ago haven't seen it for a while so he made me he's reminded me what he could do and so that's important Tarasenko's only got 3 points in the playoffs this guy really needs to step up like it's not even a question uh jaden schwartz is a point a game he's been massive he he's been terrific peter angelo has been good uh, alex steen is a point a game they're getting scoring from A lot of the other guys, but not their big guys. Now, Stastny did come back and did get a goal in his first game back. They need him. He missed four playoff games. They need him to to get hot. I think that would be a big factor. With Nashville, you got Forsberg. I still think Viala will do something. I like what the defense can produce offensively with Ryan Ellis and Yossi and company. It's a tough one. Like, this is – I really look at it and – I am going to go Nashville in five because I think they they got so much confidence from beating the Blackhawks that if these other guys fail from the Blues, then I think Nashville is going to win a lot of close games based on their defense.
1: Well, that's interesting. I mean, that's interesting. The interesting thing when I was checking out the games that they played against each other recently um, this year for the the Blues went one for fourteen on the power play against the Predators um, during. so that's and – the, and the Predators went four for 22 against the Blues. That's a big difference in, in the amount of penalties that Nashville took. Um, or, you know, Nashville took eight less penalties than the Blues took in the regular season when they played each other. Um, and I'll
0: be honest. I was trying to look up the goaltending coach's name from the Devils in 94 because he had a big influence on Brodor. Yeah. I just found out the name. Do you remember who it was that? You'll know when I, when you hear it, you'll know oh, it. Yeah, I, I, know
1: know it. it. I, know, I know this too because, oh, man, I did a story. Give me, the- give me a hint. Give me a hint.
0: He's French Canadian, or at least sounds like he's French Canadian.
1: I mean, it's not Alaire that guy. It's not him. No,
0: it's not Benoit Alaire. Oh my
1: gosh! Was he an NHL goalie?
0: I believe he was. I
1: think he was too. I I wrote about this at one point, like a long
0: time ago. I'm not sure. Go ahead. Jacques Caron. Yeah, Caron. yeah he was for sure. Yeah, that's what I thought he was. Ooh, so this, that's this, what Brodor has turned into. Like he he's become the the guy guiding Jake out. I don't think the blues would even be in this if it weren't for Brodeur. I'll be honest. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think oh, that. Come on. come on, Carter Hutton
1: would have carried them for. Come on. <laughs> no, there is. No, there is. Well, we joke about that, but there's a Carter Hutton factor in the series. Okay. Carter Hutton is, you know, obviously the backup for the blues. And he is, he knows that Nashville team inside and out, you know, so there's no question that you're going to have,
2: you knows Rene's weak spots. All, all, the, all scout team.
1: More, right? You know, there, there's no question that you know you'll you're allowed to you're allowed, and they actually admitted it. They actually they asked um, they asked Yo, I think it was about you know, are you gonna are you gonna go to Carter Hutton and ask him? Absolutely, you know, he's definitely he knows the tendencies of that team. and He's been in that locker room. We're gonna go to him for a lot of stuff. So the interesting you know, thing I, about
0: the one games- guy I didn't give credit to, and I have to give credit. Yep. I I was gapping out on it. Um, Ryan Johansson has six points in four games. For all the people who used to bash Ryan Johansson all the time, this is the Ryan Johansson that I know exists.
1: Yeah, and this is the Ryan Hanson that he knows exists too. But the fact yeah. of the matter is, he doesn't always. It, I mean, people who bash Ryan Johansson are right to do so because he does not show up. Like he. Well, he's showing up now. He's showing up now and when if he keeps showing up, then the Predators are suddenly a much better team. You know, like if absolutely. You give if you give the Predators a legitimate number one center playing like a legitimate number one center, it's a different world than if you have a legitimate number one center playing like a number three center, which is what you get a lot of times with Ryan Johansson. So. Um, this year the um, Hitchcock was fired after the new year, right? I was trying to figure this out. Uh,
0: yes, I believe so I think in January
1: right because the first four times these teams met were before Jan- were in 2016 this year. Um, they met twice in November and twice in December. Um, and then the one time they met they met again um, like about a, in early April so the second of April the second of April it's um, so just a few weeks ago. and in that game the St. Louis Blues won four to one. Um but before that the Predators had won four to nothing and six to three. So the weird thing about this, this these have not been low scoring games um against these no. teams. No. We're looking at and two to three
0: right now. So we have to give credit to Victor Arvidsson, who is a point per game. Yeah. And he was drafted hundred and twelfth overall in the twenty fourteen draft. And I'm sure people said that was a weak draft, right? I'm sure
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, and these teams, you're right, and and in the regular season, they took a ton of shots against each other too. Like they're averaging thirty shots a game per team. So this is a everything, everything that you wouldn't think from the first two rounds of the was in the regular season this year. Um, so you would think you're going to have a relatively low scoring battle with these two goalies and the way their teams are playing right now. But they actually went for it against each other. And one thing I think about Laviolette that is true is that he does. One of Laviolette's best strengths is he puts a team together that can play against all different sorts of teams. I think he's really good at that. Like I think he, you know, he has a team that can play against a, a defensive team. He can play he's a team that can, his teams tend to be able to adjust to whatever the other team does um, really well. And they can do that against Chicago. One of Laviolette's downfalls is sometimes he like if I was if I'm Laviolette, I would keep doing what I was doing against Chicago. My question is, does he because you're no longer going against that Chicago defense, even though this is a very good defense in St. Louis. Does he does he, you know, let them play a little bit more, um, unleash it, not be a counterattack team? And if he doesn't do, if he does, if he plays them as not a counterattack team, then the blues have a big advantage, I think. So that's that's gonna be interesting to follow. Um, I
0: do wanna also say yesterday Larry Robinson joined Twitter, and I only found out because of Cam Connor. So yeah. thanks, Cam and everybody should follow larry robinson on twitter because even if you've never seen this guy play until brian leach played i always felt like he was the greatest all-around defenseman i had a chance to see and 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 actually he's a better guy i don't know if people know this but when he was the devil's head coach i went to one of his first press conferences after the press conference he shook everybody's hand from the press conference i was in complete shock
1: Wow. wow Cool.
0: Not, not after it was beforehand. When we walked into the room, he shook everybody's hand and then went up to the podium, and I was in complete shock.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, know he's a great yeah. guy, and, and you know, really solid, and, and been a big part of, it's a big part of the Devils for a while there too. That people don't really realize he's a big part of the Devils and, team.
2: And, and his his addition in San Jose really helped, uh, you know, guys like Brent Burns. So and classic. Oh,
1: and a lot of Canadian fans who would go way back to when he played will credit him for the uh, for being the guy who saved hockey, basically, by yeah. um, by being the defender. I think
2: that's been played up a little much,
1: but okay. No, it hasn't played up a lot, but you know that that's the legend. So, from just starting for younger younger fans out there,
0: his his handle is at nineteen Larry Robinson, and I actually have more Twitter followers, I think, than him at the moment. And so something's wrong with the world if that's the case. <laughs> actually, <laughs> so, I think he's a few hundred ahead of me. It's really close, but it's just ridiculous.
1: We'll have, to, we'll have to prove who's that up. At 19, Larry Robinson. All right, yes. let's do the NHL lottery simulation. All right, let's do it. I'm here today. Right. Hey, man,
2: I'd like to thank, like to thank uh, Google for a little false advertising here because they said that the effects on the website would uh, on, on Google Hangouts would stop on the twenty-fifth. Today's the twenty-sixth, they're still working.
1: Haha. Oh, that's a okay. team. I really was uh, here we go. Um picking the winner, here we go. Hey, the Dallas Stars.
0: There you go. Oh, the, break of the, yeah.
1: the record that was going on by the Avalanche, who had won the last three in a row, I think, followed by the Colorado Avalanche, and, and
0: to the Canucks. this would be great for the Canucks if they could pick in the top three. It really would. Like yeah, well, just
2: just think, heck, we only have two more days of this because the dra- the draft lottery is on Saturday. Oh, that's yes. right.
0: Thank heavens. This could really. <laughs> but think about this. This could really transform the Canucks if if, if they got like. Hissier year, or Lil's your Jagrin. like they could go either way. They can go offense or defense. You know, even if they got Casey Middlestad, a guy like that's tremendous. Cody Glass, they get one of these guys that could really transform them and transform them in the next couple of years.
1: That's good. That's really good. Two, funny. three years. I just got a text from somebody that we had, that, and this is really funny. This is an old, an old, an old friend of ours um, who who was really disappointed in our in our predictions, saying here that you guys don't do the mascot versus mascot predictions anymore. So we're gonna do that real fast before we go. Okay. we used to do it very consistently. Mike loves it. That's
0: this. true. We did. I remember that.
1: I so, you know. So yeah, we got to start with the penguins in the capitals. Now, the penguin. A penguin is, of course, an animal, um, a flightless waterfowl who, that, that lives in lives in the southern part of the southern part of the world. Yesterday was National Penguin Day, for what it's worth. Um, so there's there's something there if I start the series.
0: I feel like puffins still don't get their due. Like penguins get all no,
1: no, the it. Puffins are puffins are yummy too. Um, but no, I'm just kidding. No.
0: no, only if you're finished, Finnish.
1: I know puffins are a, del- a delicacy in Finland, and I they tried to service one when I was in Norway too, um, but I wouldn't eat it. And, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'll eat almost anything, but I wouldn't eat that. So okay, so and and the capital, of course, is is the is the central center of government um, for something. So I'm going to go with the fact that you know I'm going to say capitals in this in this instance are you know just um, people who work in the American government. So we'll say people who work in the American government because it's Washington D.C. versus versus a penguin. Um, and I
0: mean, can I start this one? Clearly, ahead. The penguin is smarter Clearly, the with penguins the penguins is smarter.
1: and more trustworthy. I, I think that I, yeah, I'll trust the penguin any day of the week. Penguins are more, more loyal. Yeah. Um, they're monogamous their entire lives. Yep. Yeah. Um, the penguin you've never met a penguin that's had three wives. So yes, I'm going to go with the penguin here as well. Uh, I, I agree with you on that 100%. Well,
2: well let, let, let's just say this: a penguin has a digestive system,
1: and why? And,
2: and the capital has politicians, which means they're both full of
1: crap. Speaking of politicians, nicely done, Mike. Speaking of politicians, um, the next series: the senators versus the rangers. Now, a senator, or wow. somebody who um, <laughs> this is this would be a Canadian, a member of Canadian Parliament. Um, you know, who, because because this is Canadian team, we'll say a senator is, is definitely a, a Canadian parliament member, a senator up there. And a ranger is a person who minds the park system in the United States of America. And that's, the, that's how the rangers got their name from the Central from Central Park. Um, so you got, you know, I'll take a central, I'll take a park ranger over a politician any day of the week. I mean, like that politician... As as far as it might be, a park ranger is going to be able to handle everything and be, you know, really— Yeah,
0: I mean, you're talking about a guy who is working by himself or a woman who's working by herself, maybe has a gun, maybe doesn't, depending on the state, and they have to, you know, shush away people drinking. They have to check out if a bear is attacking somebody. You're talking about—and on the other side, you're talking about, like, somebody with a powdered wig. So I'm going for the the park ranger.
1: (laughs) There's no question about that. The ducks versus the oilers. Um, now this this we've, we've you know anybody who lived through Valdez knows how this ends. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so what you're saying is Joseph Hazelwood will be picking the Oilers. Yeah, anybody anyone who's watched you know those Palmolive commercials and seen those poor ducks getting 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 cleaned off with Palmolive knows that you know Oilers take Oilers. No, it's Dawn. It's
0: Dawn. It's Dawn. dawn.
1: it's Dawn. Palmolive probably works too. We lost another
0: sponsor there. Sorry, yeah, yeah.
1: Before we got one this time, so. Yeah, so that was so. Yeah, I'm gonna say this always ends with you, and this ends bad for ducks in general. Throw throw oil into ducks, that's a bad situation.
2: Yeah, but the ducks can fly over Edmonton
0: and bombard them with crap. So there you
1: go. They could, but you know, ducks are nice actually. And then, yeah, the oil oilers, an an oiler is a rich, you know, a rich guy. I'm
0: gonna go with the duck because sometimes the duck outlives the oil slick.
1: Would you rather fight an oil oil man sized duck or a duck man sized? No, anyway. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, and I right. like the duck
0: boats. I don't know if you've ever taken a ride on the I duck boats. I'm a big duck fan. I just, I just have never seen it where you know. A no, duck what boat. about the duck boats? Have you been on those? Oh yeah, for those sure. Are the ones that go on land or in the sea. I've been on duck boats. They're really, they really—that's a tour They're thing. they cool.
1: I've done it in Philadelphia. I've done it in Boston. You know, they yeah. are. They are fun. They are definitely fun. But they still, you know, still probably oil doesn't really help them either. I and mean, I guess. Maybe they use them to run. They the can go
0: oil. through the oil. No, I'm We're
1: going nice. off, way off topic there. This is I'm 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 staying with the oiler on this one, unfortunately, even though it's not politically right, And PETA will be an at okay. And I think it's just a statement that you know ducks shouldn't be around oil. Finally, the Blues versus the Predators. So this would be a like a, I always think of like you know like a blues singer you know um, and a, cyber tooth, a saber tooth saber versus a saber tooth tiger, which is what you know is on the predators the predators logo. And I don't think you know. As much as I like Chuck Berry and all that, and the people who lived in, you know, St. Louis, you know, who recently passed away, you know, the Blueberry Hill guy. Yeah, um, I, I Fats think
0: Domino was the Blueberry Hill
1: guy. I'm sorry, Fats Domino. Um,
0: <laughs> Chuck Berry was, um, you know, my dingling.
1: Right, but who? Yeah, but the guy. Oh man, the place called Blueberry Hill is in in St. Louis. Is 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 not Fat Domino? Fat Domino, Fats Domino Blueberry Hill. No, I'm
0: just saying.
1: But he sung the song. He sung the song, sung the song. They all did. Yeah, but you're right. Okay, so I'm gonna. I'll, I'll, I'll take Fats Domino. And a saber-toothed tiger throw them into a room together um as as, as you know wily as fast domino had to be in his life to make it where he did do did yeah, i think a saber-toothed tiger's gonna take that one so
0: there's the tigers are, are a solitary creature and and, and and the guy and the blues are miserable too so in a sense they are both miserable during their existence yeah. yes, but, but but this is
2: the problem the saber-toothed tiger is extinct
0: that is yeah, a problem. Yeah, say good blues, the good
1: blues singers are as easily as extinct as the saber-tooth tiger. So, so yeah, yeah
0: win? I think that's fair. I think I think at the end, you know what? Even though the blues guy crutches a lot, they they outlived the saber-tooth tiger. So I'm going with the blues.
1: Okay, going with the blues. Are right, you gonna? Out, I don't know. Um, I'm going with the saber-tooth tiger in on that I one. If but- you don't
0: know what crutch means? Just look it up on Urban Dictionary. <laughs>
1: That's all the time we have today, guys. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll be back again tomorrow. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you then. Thanks for watching.